Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if my life should symbolize a starving like a rise along hard fights But all I walk on is peaceful ground where love is all around no fear at all Not forced against the wall To a place they don't know Carrying their silent children They're petrified Here I am Greeting my next door neighbor He's driving his kids to school In a newborn car With no thoughts about their war Cause we are the lucky ones Why? Thunder Road, I usually sing I Ain't a Beauty, but hey, I'm alright. Unless there is someone in the audience, a guy who is annoying. Then I look at him, and then I sing You Ain't a Beauty, but hey, you're almost alright. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are doing a timey-wimey episode. 
It is my morning, my guest afternoon. And Alexandria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. Now, where are you at this afternoon for you? I'm at home in my house in Norrköping, Sweden. And the time is like four in the evening. Very nice. <laughs> but you spent some time in Jersey this summer, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. The amazing time ever. It was perfect. It was more than I could ever have imagined. And isn't that wonderful when you build something in your mind, you know, it'll be great. And then when it's even better, you go, oh, I can't believe this. I know. I know. Yeah. And that was the case like every day in New Jersey. I couldn't believe all the things that were happening. I had a dream when I was 10 because I saw Bruce Springsteen. He did Dancing in the Dark, took up Courtney Cox. And I looked at my dad and I said, like, when I grow up, I'm going to go to Asbury Park and I will be singing there. Aww. And it, it's been a joke it, like forever. And now I actually did it. That's awesome. Yeah. Just in case, tell us a little about yourself. I am always 27 plus. Yes. I've been 27 since I was like 13 years old, I think. Okay. And I am Swedish. I'm a huge Bruce fan. I've been playing, singing. I've been touring since I was 13. Wow. And it's been a never ending tour. I always play every week going somewhere. It's either like Sweden or Norway, Finland or other countries. And that's what I do. I don't have a family except for a dog, Teddy. Okay. He's beside me here. I don't have any kids. I don't have a husband. I do have a sister and a brother. And then the rest of the older family are unfortunately not alive anymore. So so I always like to start at the beginning. So talk about where did you grow up? And you've already said very young, you knew you wanted to make music. But what did the family listen to a lot of music? And if so, what kind of music did you grow up listening to? We did listen to quite a bit of music. My mom, the school principal, she listened to the British Tommy Steele. And my dad, a controller in economics, he listened to Elvis Presley. Okay. And that was the case during that time. You either, you were a Tommy Steele fan or you were an Elvis fan. So that was like a clash between my mom and my dad. You, you are the daughter of a mixed marriage. I am. Okay. I am. Yes. <laughs> my mom continued to listen to stuff like the Beach Boys. My dad, he went to Bruce, to Eric Clapton, to Dire Straits and that type okay. of music. My my brother, he listened to Iron Maiden. Okay. And me, I listened to Elvis and Bruce. <laughs> you Did you always know you wanted to write and play music yes from the very beginning yes mom and dad had recordings of me from when I was like three mm -hmm. when I'm singing so okay. I've always been singing the playing part like with um, I play piano and guitar and, and stuff that's just I'm not an instrumentalist okay I, I just use the instruments to be able to sing yeah so I'm uh singing 
because if you don't learn how to play an instrument, you have to find someone to accompany you unless you're going to do it a cappello. So by necessity, you picked up the piano and guitar. Is that what I hear you yes, saying? Exactly why. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's nice. I've been uh, playing bands and bands and everything, but it, there's a lot of extra work when you have five other musicians to rehearsals, to earn money, to not fight, everything like that. It's so much easier when you're alone. And I wanted to be able to stand on my own two feet. So that's why I played instruments. So that I do love guitar. Yes, that reminds me of two stories. So I have a, my actual, my niece is married to Ryan, who is from Austin. And he does a band called the Night Isles. And they are a 60s type dance band but all original music and ryan Harkrider is the writer and so i had him on and he said that the easiest part of a tour is the two hours you're on stage yes. that's the only fun part everything yeah. else is who gets to sleep in the bed tonight who's has to stay in the van how often do we stop for bathroom breaks he says the rest of it's all crap he yes. says the two hours on stage makes it worth it, but whatever. And then my other friend, uh, Sarah Hickman, who is a singer-songwriter from Austin, and she said the same thing, that it's so much easier when it's just her and her guitar because it's easier. You can pick what you want and financially because you don't have to pay the band. But often some gigs, they want a band. And so you have to do this. So yes, there is that mixture back and forth. Yeah, uh, but it, it's uh, even when you're alone, like I am, I have to do everything myself. Yes. Like all the bookings, all the travels, all the like fixing the tours, talking to people, talking to fans, sending stuff, email, phone calls. Like you have to do everything yourself. And the only thing, the, the only reason why you do all that stuff, which is not fun, the traveling, like sitting in, yeah. in a, like uh, traveling for 18 hours to do a gig for two hours. Right. Those two hours are worth it. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. And sometimes you wonder, it's like, why in God's name do I do this? <laughs> because yeah. you get the answer when you're up on stage. That's yes. When you get that stage and you feel that love. The I read earlier this year, I had David Leaf, who is one of Brian Wilson's biographers. He's written a book. And I was talking to him about, I saw Brian recently, last summer, and it seemed like he was not in good health and just, he, he looked old for the first time. And David said that Brian still tours for three reasons. One, he loves hearing the band behind him do his music. Mm -hmm. And he just enjoys hearing this band perform all of Brian's music. And then he says he feels the love of the audience enjoying his music and that love, all those Beach Boy songs, all those songs he did himself. Then third, he loves room service. <laughs> <laughs> so... I thought, there you go. That, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, um, but they you, sound really good at Sea Here Now. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, I, I agree. 
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, so you give me a little more details about how old were you? And where did you first see Bruce asking Courtney to dance? <laughs> that was on TV. Yes, of course. I was too young. Like, I wanted to to do a Bruce concert, but my parents didn't think I was uh, old enough. So I think I was in, I think my first tour was actually, or first Bruce concert was in, what's that, maybe 92. So that was okay. pretty late. But that was in 84 when I saw the, the TV show yeah. at home with my dad. I was mm-hmm. 10. So now you know how old I really am. <laughs> no, that's, I'm not going to do math. There was no math on this podcast. Yeah, sometimes fans, because especially fans who've been a long time, will have a little bit of snobbery toward the born in the usa album right because oh because that's the album and i often tell fans people who don't like bruce springsteen i will say have you listened to anything besides born in the usa but i always like to remind them born in the usa was the gateway drug to bruce's music for millions of people hearing that album and those songs and those hits 
is what led them to discover all the other Bruce music, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I would never, like, I am a like intense fan, but I would never say anything bad about Born in the USA. I think it's still a brilliant album. And just like whatever gets people to listen to Bruce, if that's, if that's Dancing in the Dark, great. And it's a way into Bruce and maybe they they're going to continue the the route if they stop at 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 in the USA if they stop there then maybe Bruce is not for them yeah so exactly let it be and for us fans i i don't like people can do whatever you want to do but i don't like when you dis dismiss something that's been so important for their hero Right. It, it's, it's a really important album and just I love it. Yeah, I, it. I've told this story a couple of times on the podcast. I remember to tell you how old I am. Linda Ronstadt was on Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show. What? And he was asking her, he said, I understand you recently went and saw Frank Sinatra. And she goes, yes. She goes, and let me explain something, Johnny. She goes, I get tired of singing Blue Bayou. I get tired of singing when she named a couple of songs. She goes, and so I got tickets to see Frank Sinatra and I was excited and I was thinking all these songs he does that I hoped he would perform. And she goes, and it hit me, my fans are me going to see Frank. She goes, so now then I find a great joy in doing Blue Bayou or something else because I know there's probably someone in that audience that has never heard it before and that is their favorite song. Yes, exactly. I remember I, a couple of concerts ago, I had a someone, a person standing beside me saying that I have never heard Born in the USA live. I want to hear it. And so Bruce played it. But instead of born in the USA, I was he was singing born in the USA. And the, the guy beside me, he was like, what does he do? How can he do that? It's a song. He needs to sing it like it is. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that's a funny story. Change it a bit. Yes, right? we are. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. So you mentioned seeing him in the early 90s. A lot of fans don't count, but, and I also like to preface this, Alexandria, the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. There are people who have never seen him live that adore his music, especially before this recent tour, because he had not toured in so long. But are you someone who counts the number of shows? I don't. Okay. I don't. I only know that every time he comes here, I always go every day. He's here. And I usually go to the ones in Norway. Otherwise, I don't travel much to see him. I went to the Broadway show, of course. But no, I I would never count. It's not about that. It's to me, it's about being there when it's possible. Sure. Yeah. Can you articulate why his music spoke to you? Why hearing Dancing in the Dark and all those other songs that were on the TV that you heard on the radio as a negative 14-year-old spoke to you? First of all, the first thing I saw as a kid was his presence on stage. 
that was what hit me. Like the the way he moved, the way he like had the guitar, the way he talked with the band while he was doing the show and the way he interacted with the audience. That was like, wow, you can do that? So that was like the coolest thing. And then after that came the music. And as a 10-year-old in Sweden, it's some of the things are really hard to relate to. Factories and stuff like this. I don't know what that is. But the melodies are beautiful. The melodies were beautiful already then. And you could like dancing in the dark, <laughs> sing along with the things you you picked up. Sure. Then it was the way he sang, the way, the realness. Because I can, that's the only, the only singers I like are the ones where I actually believe what they're singing. I don't want to name any names, but I could say Mariah Carey, for example. She's a great singer. There's nothing to say about that. But when you focus on doing that, all the, the, listen to me, I'm a great vocalist. Yes, you are. But when you do all the stuff, I, okay. I stop to listen. Bruce never does that. He tells a song, he he sings it. He It's like he's speaking, though he's singing. And I yes. listen, I hear. Yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah, and I've quoted this a lot lately. Just because I found it fascinating, Jason Isbell was mm-hmm. being interviewed, and he's another many people consider one of the best songwriters today, under under fifty. <laughs> and he said, "You tell a story, and everyone, when you write songs, they think everything's autobiographical." And he goes, "That's that's a compliment, but it's." But that's not necessarily the truth. I'm just in. And I think you can have an emotional truth. When you were talking about Bruce never served in Vietnam, but when he does born in the USA, there is an emotional truth for that. Right. And so he may never have left his family to go to Baltimore, but but there is an emotional truth to that. And, And I think that is one of the reasons I agree with you. That is. That's when someone connects. I'll show my age, someone like Harry Chapin, who told great story songs, right? But they felt true. He, they felt like he was, this happened to either me or someone I love, and let me show you that story. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, it sounds like you were always singing. When did you start writing? Um, probably at 10. Okay. Also, like care step by step, I I could translate a poem and put music to a poem, or I could translate a Swedish song into English or the opposite. So I started doing stuff like that, realizing I could actually write myself. But I always, and I still do, put boundaries on what I'm supposed to write about so tell me a little more about that we had like in my family without saying too much there was a lot of things between mom and dad and I 
I couldn't talk about it because we didn't talk a lot at home. So I wrote about it. And then I gathered mom and dad, took them to the piano, and I played them a song, uh, thinking they would understand I have an issue and I want you to hear this, telling them what I couldn't talk to say them, to say to them. And their response was like, oh, that's going to be great when it's done. I was like, oh, shit. shit. Okay, so they don't understand. Okay, because I try to put it in a, in a subtle way. If I would have sung it straight out, they, they would understand. But I didn't. So I put boundaries on my own songwriting because I didn't want to be too blunt or be too, too on their case. Sure. And I still do that. There are things that I want to write about, but I'm like, oh, people are going to feel hit or people are going to get sad. And, and the thing is, that's so stupid because everything is not, like we said, everything is not, has not happened to you. But I'm thinking like, maybe they, that person is going to think that it's about them. Yeah. It's probably not, but maybe they think that. So then I cannot write about that. So it's instead of just, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to write and not think. Just write what I feel not thinking if someone is going to feel hit or someone is going to get hurt. That's a problem. And I've done that my whole life. It's just stupid. Do you, it sounds like you, you're frustrated at your own putting those old boundaries. Have you thought about experimenting and trying a song or two where you don't put the boundaries or is that just too uncomfortable? I stop. Every time I do it, I stop. And also like that, what if someone finds this? Or what if? So okay. I, I and throw it away. Okay. Like my first album I wrote about mom and my grandma mostly. And they were dead. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the whole world has to die before I can write the music I want to write. Yeah. Um, no, I, I need to work with that. And also like on my second album, I, I told a friend of mine, he's Finnish. And I said, I want to write, I want to do a second album because the fans wants me to do a second one, but I don't want to do uh, a sad record again because my first was pretty sad. So I said, every time I get into my subjects, stop me and write something else so we wrote the the whole album together by sending text messages oh interesting yeah he sent me we never met to write we just sent text messages and voice messages so we he wrote a line the first line and then i wrote the second one and then he wrote the third one and then the fourth one and every time i went into my thing he's okay you're there again all right crap i'm gonna rewrite it but that also made me not really like the album because I didn't feel like it was really me. It's an okay album. Not that. It's okay. And I like the songs and everything, but I like my first one much better because that was truly honest and just a more uh, straight this, thank you for sharing. This is very honorable. This is very honest and very vulnerable. And I feel silly, but I really think you should listen to your heart. 
and not be afraid of sharing that because I do think you just said that the reason you love Bruce is that there's that honesty coming from you. I think your fans will be the same way. I think they will appreciate that honesty. Yeah. And I've actually only learned that during the pandemic. Yes. That's what I did a lot of uh, live streams yeah. and uh, people asked me to do my own songs and they do when I play live. They ask me about my songs, but I'm like, nah, you don't want to hear that. I'll play something by someone else. Yes. Uh, and I don't play my songs. And during the pandemic, they were like, yeah, we need to hear your songs. So I did play my songs. And people seemed to like them. And I was like, okay, so maybe my songs do something to someone. So if I ever going to do another album, I'm going to do it the way I did the first one. Good. Not, not putting those boundaries on myself. Yeah. Totally. I, I think so. I, I Because there's only one as someone, I, I know it's a cliche, but we have a Bruce Springsteen. We don't need another Bruce Springsteen. We need another you. So good. Tell me a little bit of how this Asbury Park, New Jersey trip happened. And tell me a little bit about that. Spring nuts. They're the best. Spring nuts. They're the best. We are the best. I am a spring nut. I am a spring nut too. Yeah. We are proud. Um, Howie Chess said, "I, I want you to fulfill your dream. I am going to rent the Asbury Park and you're going to come there and play. And do you want to have get paid for it or do you want it to be a charity event? And I said, I want it to be a chariot event. And he said, for what? I was like, can I choose? Yes, of course you can. Okay. Endometriosis. That's my illness. So we did that. And I, I couldn't be more proud. I wish my parents would have uh, would have seen it because I was walking in Asbury Park, walking towards the lanes, seeing my name on the wall up there. I, I was like, all right, now I can die. I'm yes. going to die happy now. There is nothing to explain how amazing that was. Uh, a dream for 39 years. I was there. I did it. And that's the Spring Nuts and Howie Chess. Yeah. So I am forever grateful. That is nice. <laughs> how long were you here? Like, how long were you here in the U.S.? Three weeks. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. And it was every day something out of the ordinary happened. A fan of mine, he said, my friend broke his or her back so she can come with me to see here now. I have tickets for you if you want them. I was like, I wasn't planning on going and I can't afford it. No, but it's a present. What? Why? Because I've followed you for years. I love you. I want you to have it. Oh, nice. Okay. So I got tickets for see here now. And I got to hear the Beach Boys, Mom's Band. 
I heard yes. them. My mom's band. And I'm a Foo Fighters fan. I saw Foo Fighters. Cheryl Cole, I've never seen her live. The Killers, I was like, is this really happening? And also, I rented a, an Airbnb. And there was a lady called Linda. She had it. And she used to be a florist. She had two floor, flower stores. And um, she was also an artist uh, making beautiful uh, jewelry and uh, frames and stuff. Okay. And she was the coolest lady I have ever met. <laughs> like, so cool. And it ended up me staying at her place because long story. Anyways, she we went to a garden. I don't remember the name now. Uh, she talked to the owner and she said, this is Alexandra. She's from Sweden and she's a singer. Do you want her to sing at your place? And the guy said, can she come tomorrow? Yes. So I had a gig there. Nice. Gordon. And I have, I, I used to play on uh, the Viking line ships. It's a cruise ships. Sure. I know a, a guy called James Dalton. He lives in New Jersey. So when I booked my trip, I said to James, hey, James, I'm coming to New Jersey. Do you want to meet up for, for a coffee? So we did. And then James um, came. He's a great harmonic harmonica player. He did me on the, he came as, as a guest artist on the Lanes gig. A guy that I met in Sweden on a cruise ship playing. I met in New Jersey and he was playing with me at my, the wonderful gig. And then he said, Alexander, there's a, like a Bruce evening at um, bar A. Uh, I've arranged so you can come and play some songs there. Do you want to? What? Really? I can do that? Yes. So I had a gig there. Connie Freestone. She's a photographer. Connie? Yeah. So she said, Alexander, I want to do a photo shoot with you. What? Really? Yeah, on the cool Bruce sites. We need to do that. Okay. Yes, please. Thank you. So we did that. And then Connie saw a guy in a yellow Camaro. Anyways, yellow, really beautiful car. So she stopped the car and she said, hey, stop. Can we borrow your, your car? Because we have a photo shoot going on here. And he said, yes, you can. <laughs> and, then the guy said, and then we took a lot of really cool photos. And the guy said, hey, Alexandra and Connie, can I do a rap for you? A middle-aged white man <laughs> doing a rap. Sure. Uh, yes, you can. So he did. Uh, two and a half minutes of a rap from a middle-aged white man. And it was like pretty cool. So That's he said, awesome. like, yeah. And he said, I have talked to so many musicians and, and no one un understands what I want to do with this song. So I, no one has put music to it. And I said, like, I, I have my guitar. Can I get my guitar? And we can do it again. So Connie recorded it and I played some chords and I sang some of the words he was rapping. Yeah. So we did a song there. And he was like super happy. He was like, yes, that's what I was talking about. That's the way I wanted it to sound. So he was super happy and said, borrow the car for as long as you want to. And then we did the photo shoot. And then we were we were going to the convention hall because I had my guitar. And I was like, Connie, maybe we could record something because in the convention hall, there's but great acoustic. So we were on our way there. And Connie saw this TV team, TV mm -hmm. show. It was the news was that the, I don't know what the news was. Anyways, 
So Connie said, this is Alexandra from Sweden while we were walking. This is Alexandra from Sweden. Maybe you want to do a piece on her, Connie said. And they were like, stop, what? What What did you say? And this is Alexandra, she's from Sweden, she's a singer. So they went with us to the convention hall, recording me singing, dancing in the dark, the whole song in the convention hall. And then later it was on the news. What? So that type of things happened for three weeks daily. That's, I, yeah, me. just, you're, it's a blessing, right? You just keep, this is, I am living a charmed life right now. I know. And then like leaving. And then I, I also did a gig at also a charity gig, Folk Across the Street. It was a beautiful gig with Chris Fritz. And on Asbury Lanes is with Jake Tizzle. You've met him. Yeah, Jake's been on the show. Just an incredibly talented young man. I am the biggest fan. Yeah. I asked him to sign my guitar strap. Yeah. I have never asked for autograph in my yeah. life. He's the first one I've ever asked. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I, we reached out to him. I do another podcast where we're going through every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Wow. And yeah, so we reached out to Jake and Jake's, yeah, I'd love to. And so we visited with him and we were just, he's a very sharp young man and very talented. Yes. Nice. Yeah. He's, a, he's like, he he's so talented. You, you'd think it, it would go up here. No. But no, he's just all about music. That's what I'm saying. He's authentic. That's why I listen to him. I hear what he's singing. I hear what he's saying. He's authentic. That's what I yes. love. And it's not very common these days. Right. Like because people only want to get famous. It's like I have a friend of a, a friend with a kids and I ask, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be famous. Yeah. Okay. For what? I don't know. Yeah. What? That's yeah. the kids thing. I just recently read a biography of the history of the mamas and the papas and all John Phillips wanted was to be successful. The book talked about he wanted success. He wanted things. And then there's, and I read other biographies and that's what reminds me of your story is it's about the music. Absolutely. Bruce wanted to be a star, but it was about the music, right? Yeah. Jake, I don't know if Jake even wants to be a star. I think Jake just wants to make music. Yeah. Whether it's his music, whether it's covering someone else's music. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's nice. Um, I see myself a little bit because I had a, every year you get a calendar. So as soon as I could write, I got a calendar for Christmas every year. And on the front page of every calendar, it says, I want to become a singer. Okay. Uh, and everyone, I want to become a singer. And then I, I went to music high school and my best friend, she said, you are a singer. Yeah, but that's not what I mean. I want to be a singer and I want to sing as my job. That's what I'm going to do till the day I die. That's what I meant. And that's what I meant when I was like five years old and started writing. I want to become a singer, not just sing. I want to become a singer, a working singer. 
And that's what I'm going to do till the day I die. And <laughs> I, I just, I remember the focus and I still have the same focus. It's, I don't care about fame or anything. I don't want to be famous at all. The only thing I want to do is sing. I want to sing. And if I can't sing, then I don't want to live. That's what I do. And that's, that's what I see in Jake. It's not like you said, I don't think he cares about being famous or not. He want to write music. He want to play music. He want to sing. Yeah. I thank you for sharing. It sounds like it was a magical trip. Stan, Stan, Stan the so man. much. Stan is the man. He is such a joy. I just, oh. such a lovely man. He is so beautiful. It's stupid how amazing he is. And yeah. the way he took care of me in New Jersey, I that's I don't know. I told him I have no idea how to repay you for all you've done for me. And he said, you've already done that. Yeah. Wow. With your music. Okay. Thank yeah. you. So it's, no, it's, I can't wait to see him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's amazing. So are, what are some of, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Bruce, but what are albums and songs that you go to on a regular basis to find comfort, to help you celebrate that are meaningful to you? If I'm going to say, because yeah, I have the rising. It's my Bruce go-to album. I think it's because that's the year when my mom got really sick and then she passed away in 2003. So that's why it's such a comfort album. And then I have Emily Harris, Wrecking Ball. That's a go-to album. I think it's a beautiful album. I have Deja Vu, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. That's a go-to album. Also, it's actually Greatest Hits by Simon and Garfunkel. Sure. I've listened to Simon and Garfunkel for my whole life. And, yeah. and everything they do is amazing. I have 10 by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. And I throw in Copper by Live, the band Live. Okay. Yeah, those are some of the go-to albums. Okay. It, they, they never disappear. They're always. In the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons. Oh, Go ahead. Tom Petty, Tom Sorry. Petty, yeah. No, no you, there's a lot of videos of you doing different Bruce covers. Are there a few that you just enjoy covering more than any, like you love them all, but are there that you just love when you, someone asks you to sing or you get a chance to cover? Yes. Brilliant Disguise. Love it. Yeah, that's a great song. Yes. And I wish someone would... No one has ever asked me to do Jesus was an only son. Yeah. Jesus was an only son. It's a beautiful song. I love to sing that, but I really do because no one listens. Uh, and also I love to sing My Beautiful Reward. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs. Sing. And also, oh, there's so many. Sure. It's to, to choose because there are so many. Yeah. Um, but it also, is, it depends on where you are. Like in Gothenburg, in uh, like last this summer. Yeah. When I did Bruce pre shows, and like the reaction you get from the audience is so much different 
when you play for Springsteen fans from when you play for like a general club general yeah yeah because it's because all the fans know what you do as an audience on the different songs right which is like standing in front of an audience doing what I usually do at a Bruce Springsteen concert like everything we do they did towards me (laughs) that had to be a really good job what gave you the idea of doing pre-gig like you were Bruce's warm-up back even though he doesn't have a warm-up back right I know I've always wanted to do it yeah but I never dared to do it that's also thanks to the um the live streams okay it's thanks to the live streams because I I've put some Bruce songs into a set of four hours and then it's like someone, don't you play Bruce? Yeah, I could play a Bruce song. And it, it's always been like, you don't touch Bruce. I hate when people do Bruce covers. I hate it. So I, I'm not allowed to do it because I don't like hearing it myself. Let Bruce do his songs. He does them best. So don't touch them. And then I do it. It's, woo. And then I did it on the live streams. And even the spring nuts seem to like it. So I was like, is it okay? Is it really okay? And I asked people, I asked spring, spring, spring nuts. And I asked, are you really okay with me doing his songs? And they said, yeah, we love it. Okay. All right. So when the dates came out for this tour, I talked to a friend of mine, Joanna, and she's just starting a started, what do you call it? A company where she does like a booking agents or things like that. Sort of a booking agent, but not really. And I said to her, Joanna, I want to do pre-shows in Gothenburg when Bruce comes there. Can you fix that? And she's, I'm on it. Okay. Okay. Well, and that's what happened. And doing that in Gothenburg, I realized not only Spring Nuts thinks it's okay, even more people think it's okay. And also people that are not Bruce Springsteen fans find songs they like. Oh, so that's a Springsteen song. I have no idea. I like it. I don't like Springsteen, but I like the song. See? See? Yes. You like Springsteen. Yeah. yeah, because I think sometimes my wife is someone who at first was, I can't understand anything Bruce says. He, 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 he and, and for the longest time, what I told her is think of it as an instrumental. Don't try to understand the lyrics, just listen to his voice, and the emotion, and get it. And so since then, Wrecking Ball is her favorite Springsteen album. She right. just loves that. She's a big hiker, and so rocky ground. She always, when she's hiking in the woods, she'll, we've been walking on rocky ground. Yeah, um, perfect. Yeah, so I think sometimes when someone does a version of Bruce's song in with their voice and their tone and their spirit, right, It it because songs are so fluid, it can sound different and different. I know I love it. 
when I go to a club or a bar and when it's just someone playing background music, right? They're just, they're, everyone's eating. I will always tip them and I'll go, hey, if you can do a Bruce song, please. And some of them can't, but if most of them, I get I'm on fire. Because yeah. I guess that's a fairly easy song to learn. It's done. But every once in a while, I'll get someone, oh, how about I do tougher than the rest? Yes. Yes. I And I was in New Orleans and there was a small club and there were three people upstage playing. There was a guitarist, a musician, a piano player, and they were passing the hat. And the lady said, do you want to hear anything? And Linda says, go ahead. And I said, Bruce Springsteen's my favorite musician. She goes, oh, I love Atlantic City. I'll do Atlantic City for you. And I was like, yeah. So I think if I'm a Springsteen fan and you doing a cover, if I was the priest or Brilliant Disguise, that's not what usually you get. You would get one of the normal if we're going to do a cover. So yeah, I would be thrilled to hear it. I think that would be so much fun to have you go as the warm up. And then hit the show. So what's next for you career-wise? What do you want to do next creatively? Mm, I was talking about this the other day. Stan heard me. Ryan Hillgross. Yeah. Uh, he interviewed me. And that was the first time I, I said it out loud. That I would love to do a, a Springsteen album. Yeah. But I would do it with honor and respect and not go haywire with doing total different versions not like that just just record them from my heart very i don't know i would love to do that because i don't have a, a third album with my own songs coming because i still have some head ghosts that i right. have to take care of that could be something that I would love to do because like in September next year, Bruce is 75, right? Right. And I am 50. So I would love to celebrate my birthday doing, not to, I will do that. I yes. will do concert with Springsteen songs with the band for Springsteen fans and celebrate my own birthday and his 75th birthday do that if, and to that yeah that to that concert it could be an idea to have a cd yeah or whatever you have nowadays yeah vinyl if you i'd be first in lineup of the kickstarter to if you wanted to raise funds and i know the spring nuts would do it uh i think there's a market for it out there i think your voice would be beautiful and like i said i'd be the first person to line up on the Kickstarter to help you fund the album. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. And then, Hey, you can come on here and we'll now we can kick off the Kickstarter and we could get this going and uh, you could. Okay. So that sounds good. What do you Um, say about readings from Sweden? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is a great title. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. That's great. All right. Alexandra, this has been so much fun. Um, What have I not asked you that I should have? 
Have you? Um, I assume you have never met Bruce in person, or else you would have told that story to begin with. Yeah, I haven't. I've met some people around him. Yeah. Uh, I met I met Anthony. Uh, um, anyways, I met him, and he said the last song you played on your set was the last song we played on our set. That's when I like what what yeah yeah. And then he said, I'm going to tell Springsteen all about you. And I was like, no, don't say anything. I'm destroying his songs here. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, okay, but yeah, tell him. And tell him that I want to be his, I was going to say, the band that plays before Springsteen. Yeah, his opening act. Yeah. So I said, tell him that I want to be his before band. And this Anthony guy, he was like, ah, do you mean opening act? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Like, oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, and I was like, I was so embarrassed. I was so so it was a, a whole table with people from the Secret Session band. And usually I talk to everyone in the audience. I walk around and I talk to everyone, ask if, if they have any certain songs they want to hear. Mm-hmm. This table, I didn't even look at them because I was too embarrassed. So like when they left, they were like, Hey Alexander, it was so nice to meet you. And I was like, that's awesome so and when outside the broadway show i was there for five hours before bruce springsteen even came i was i had a guitarist i was singing and playing there and it was that's a whole other story oh let's Uh, hear it it was a policeman he came and he said the are you the one who's been playing for five hours i've heard people talking about it and i was like uh, no, <laughs> he pointed at my guitar and he did this. So crap, he's going to take my guitar. And yeah. I only bought the guitar in there because I was going to do a show at the Swedish church in New York. Okay. Why I had the guitar and I just bought it to the rails because I just, I brought it to the rails because I just bought the guitar and yeah. someone asked, can you play? And I was started playing. So I did that for five hours and the policeman came, give me the guitar. I was like, now, what am I going to play at, at the church tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, he started playing. Yeah. He took a G, a D, and a C. And I was like, I know what that is. So we continued G, G D, A minor. And I was like, Mama, take this badge from me, because I can't use it anymore. It's getting dark to see. Feels like I'm knocking on heaven's door. So I was all alone in New York for the first time in my life. And I was playing with that. And it went viral like this. And he wrote to me, Stephen, he wrote to me afterwards. And he was like, hey, Alexander, I just want to thank you for making me a celebrity among the YPD. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I know. Yeah, that was a that's a great story. Why did we talk about that? Oh, because I was, you were talking about, I don't know how we got there, but I love it. You didn't, sh- this is the dumbest question ever, but what'd you think of Broadway? Oh, that's why we talked about it. Because yeah. when Bruce finally came, yeah, I froze. Okay. So it's like people were standing there getting autographs and everything. I was just like, I, I didn't even say hi, or I, di- I didn't say anything. I had a, an LP. And I was like, maybe he could sign it. Yeah. The LP was still by my feet. So I was like, I was just like, 
So hopefully I will never meet Bruce because I'm going to be frozen, probably fainting or something or saying something stupid. It's a long story and I won't tell it here because I've told it before, but I ended up getting a ticket for the book uh, showing in Austin, Texas, which is about three hours from Dallas. And so I drove, I got up early that morning and drove straight to Austin for the book signing. And all I did on the way was practice. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? That's all. I just kept saying over and over again. So that when I saw him, I was able to say last year, I spent nine months unemployed. I listened to better days, land of hope and dreams every day. And I just want to thank you for doing that for me. People had asked, are you going to tell them about the podcast? And I go, no, I don't think that's right. Though I did wear my Set Lusting Bruce t-shirt. <laughs> oh, so, good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the only time I've ever met him. Obviously, the dream, it, I would just love to have him on the show one time. And we would just talk about his music fandom. What? Who are the people that he goes? Yeah. Ah, I can't believe. So that's great. But I meet him. Huh? How was it to meet him? It was very good. He was at seven seconds. You get you get your picture taken. And I said, no, but maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was great for seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a blast. I can't wait. You are welcome anytime. I would love to hear you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. No, this is. So if someone wants to reach you to hear your music, to buy the CDs or just to support you, what's the best way? I have a, a homepage, which maybe is not that that common these days because mostly people are on social medias, which I am. I am everywhere on, on Instagram and even X uh, and Facebook okay. and yeah, everywhere. But I have a, a homepage, which is Alexandra hyphen music.com and okay. you can write to me there okay. and i would never ask anyone to send any money but if they want to order a cd that's okay and i have paypal okay so, good yeah. all right well, that sounds wonderful yeah. alexandra thank you so much for spending time with me i hope you had fun yeah i did have fun I, it was amazing you are amazing and i had so much fun. A lot of laughing. Thank you for that. Yeah, that is always good. Laughter is always good. Yeah. Um, all right. Before I let you go, though, I got to ask you the Mary question. So yeah. Jay Armstrong is a uh, retired honors English teacher. But when he was teaching, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road. They would study it as if it was a poem. They would talk about the imagery Bruce uses, the themes Bruce explores, and then he would ask his students at the end of the class, does Mary get in the car? Yep. Alexandra, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? All right. You know me now and you know that I talk a lot. That's and good. I've been thinking a lot about this, a lot. And so Bruce was 24 at the time, right? Yeah, I think um, so. Is, and he's saying, do you want to take a chance on us, on life? It's after the Nam War. And he is, among other things, saying, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. I think that's a little bit rude, isn't it? Yes, if that's why my wife says, no, he calls her ugly. She's not getting in the car. 
<laughs> exactly. If he would have said, I ain't a beauty, but hey, I'm all right. It might have worked. I'm thinking, is his is he in an early midlife crisis? Uh, like he's saying, uh, I'm not a hero. He has no self-confidence because the only thing he has is, is a car and a guitar, nothing else. Still, everyone else in town is a loser. Does that mean that if Mary doesn't jump in the car, is she also a loser? That's rude. Mm-hmm. The ride ain't free. What does that mean? Hmm. And so I would say, no, she did not jump in the car. He is too immature. And also like in a way too full of himself because he's so young, he needs to grow up. But of course she loves him endlessly and they will be, they are still friends. They're going to be friends for life till the day they die, both of them. And because he's meet me at Mary's place. Yeah. They, of course, they're friends. They're lifelong friends will always be. And she's always going to love him. And I think we all have a Mary. All of us, it, whether it's a friend, it's a lover, or it's, I don't know, religion, conscious. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone Mary in their life. But no, she did not jump in the car. That is an outstanding answer. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. All right, listeners, go check out the website. Check out her social media. Check out the music. There is a long YouTube channel of Alexandra doing a wide range of music, including some of her own, which I think is lovely. I know she's hard on herself, but it is very lovely. And we're going to have you back on anytime you want. And that's it. We're going to do the Kickstarter. We're going to get that. Greetings from Sweden. Greetings from Sweden. I'm ready. I'm excited. All right, listeners. so much. Remember to be kind, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. And we're out. A few weeks ago is when I talked to Alexandria, and we've exchanged emails back and forth. Um, She is just a lovely person. And I asked her to send a photo for me to include with the opening. And I asked her if she had any music she wanted to share. So the opening of the podcast is The Lucky Ones from her first album, As Good As It Gets. I really loved it. And then she sent me her Christmas sync. And I am going to play part of it here. And I just love this song so much. The name of the Christmas song is It's That Time. And I just think it's just wonderful with just the right amount of Christmas arc. Enjoy. Three days until Christmas, baby, get up on your feet Hurry up and buy some stuff, the wish list's now complete 
He said, baby, are you kidding me? You know I hate the crowded more. Christmas is of love and peace. I'd rather buy nothing at all. Nice try, baby, here's your coat. Pants on, put down that glass. I'll be cleaning up the house. So you better move your ass. Sleigh bells banging, ringing in your ear. Santa's coming, it's the time of year. You feel like hiding in the attic. Welcome to Christmas panic. Everyone's acting manic. Sleigh bells banging, ringing in your ear. Santa's coming, it's the time of year. You feel like hiding in the attic. Welcome to Christmas panic. Everyone's acting manic. Merry Christmas. Would be so much nicer if there was any snow on the ground. Now there's just snowflakes falling down. Speak, splashing around. He said, Honey, did you like that shirt? It sure looks damn good on you. Not sure what that color is, though. I don't have a clue Maybe I think the shirt is fine And the color is just grand Are I made on the front But is that some kind of bad? Sleigh bells banging, ringing in your ear Santa's coming, it's the time of year You feel like hiding in the attic Welcome to Christmas panic Your uncle's It's the time of year You feel like hiding in the attic Welcome to Christmas panic That's it Everyone's acting manic Yay! Sleigh bells banging, ringing in your ear Santa's coming, it's the time of year You feel like hiding in the attic Welcome to Christmas panic Everyone's acting manic There we go, another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. 
I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gags. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.